Well, obviously, these are incredibly strange times, and let's go down to the state of Oklahoma. Jenny Carlson of the Oklahoman is joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. I'm Pete Mundo. And before we dive into it with Jenny Carlson, guys, take a moment out, leave us that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast. We're here for you every single week, no matter what. We're going to be here for you. So we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you leave us that rating and review. Just email me the screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get it in the mail for you. Uh, Jenny, let's start off with just the 30,000-foot view of how the universities in the state of Oklahoma are handling this from not just OU and OSU. I mean, it seems like the Power Fives will be okay, but we're really starting to see the smaller schools get get and have big effects coming out of this. What are you starting to see down there? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think there's still a sense of wait and see. You know, I, I think there's a lot of unknowns at this point, just in terms of, you know, what uh, what happens with football season in the fall. Such an economic driver, but you know, there's also the question of donations. You know, what what do major donors? What what's their situation in terms of of giving and uh, ticket sales, those sorts of things. Joe Castiglione, the OU athletic director, was on a conference call seemed like it was a couple weeks ago, but time has really become (laughs) a factor. I can't, (laughs) I can't think of those terms anymore, but he did a conference call and said that at that point they had about a 70% renewal on their football tickets, which he said was a little bit low, but not anything that was, you know, so far out of the norm that he was concerned about it. But you know, what do, what do uh, those walk up ticket sales look like? What do uh, Mm -hmm. donor dollars look like? Uh, you know, I think that's that's a big question, and, and nobody knows the answers to all that just yet. No one does. So, Jenny, you know, there's a lot of options being floated out there. Does the season happen? Does it get moved up? Does it get pushed back? I mean, you know, is the college football playoff being played in early March, late February? No one has the answer, but just based on the options that are out there, what do you see as of today, you know, middle, late April, what do you see as the most realistic possibility at this point? Well, you know, it's sounding more and more like the idea of football happening with classes not being held on campus is not going to happen. And so, you know, I think the whole idea that uh, some of the the pro leagues are dealing with, you know, that they could sequester teams, athletes, have them all in one one spot, you know, it doesn't sound like that's going to be an option for the colleges. I think they're in a situation where, you know, schools are going to have to be happening and uh, that, that's, uh, that's sort of a prerequisite at this point. And I think that was a, a suspicion that we had. Um, but, you know, what does that look like in terms of uh, potentially having athletes on campus at some point this, uh, this summer, potentially working out? Um, you know, if they move the football season, what could that then mean for college basketball? Would they potentially move the college basketball season. So, I mean, I think that there are many options, but I think a lot of it depends on, you know, where are we with with universities and what they're doing? And then where are we with testing? I mean, that's not something I've mentioned before, but as I've talked to people and heard, you know, different things, that's the thing that kind of stands out to me. You know, if we can be testing athletes, coaches, uh, support staff, fans, students, I mean, whatever the case is, I think that changes the equation quite a bit. So I got to think that there's no bigger fan of ramping up 
testing nationally than a lot of your college sports directors and, and leaders because they know that that will be a game changer in a lot of ways for college sports. No doubt about it. Jenny Carlson of the Oklahoman is joining us here on the show. Uh, Jenny, uh, speaking of all this, uh, Mike Gundy found himself in some hot water with everything uh, a couple of weeks back when he made some comments saying, I want to get back to business in, uh, I think it was May 1st, he mentioned as a goal. Took a lot of heat yep. for that, it seemed like. Uh, he did apologize and, and somewhat walk it back. I mean, the apology, I think, came down on like a Saturday afternoon or something like that. H- how did that play uh, statewide and with the fan base? Well, I think it was, I think the reaction was mixed. I think there were some people that uh, were similarly outraged, as you saw sort of nationally, about, you know, this whole notion that, uh, you know, we'll we'll just get the players back and they'll be fine because they're young. And, you know, I think it really sort of flew in the face of, of, you know, being mindful of the health and well-being of everybody. Um, You know, never mind the fact that, you know, the, the athletes, Yes, they get a college scholarship, but they're, you know, largely low paid, uh, you know, some people would say not at all paid uh, participants in this whole thing. So, you know, I think there was that faction of people. But then I think there were some people that said, hey, you know, some optimism and some hope that there could be a plan. You know, that that wasn't necessarily all bad for some people. But, yeah, I think it was pretty mixed. You know, okay. I think that there there were definitely some people not feeling good about it and others that said, hey, I'm kind of glad to think there might be a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, well, and we understand why Gundy wants to get back on the field. I mean, already, Jenny, and, and some of us are trying to think as if the season will be here come late August, early September. If it is here, I mean, people are talking about is this – Mike Gundy's best team since the Brandon Whedon, Justin Blackman days when you combine what's coming back in offense with Tylen Wallace and Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard and the fact that I think 10 of 11 are back on defense. So as we're yeah. getting closer and hopefully we can have this conversation even more in the summer, but how does this team stack up just in your early perceptions to that team of almost a decade ago now? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, it's every bit as good and maybe a little bit better because of what you said about the defense. I mean, I think that um, that that 11 team that ended up being oh so close to playing for a national championship ended up beating a, a, an Andrew Luck-led Stanford team in the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, that was a really good team. So uh, as good as they were, you know, obviously – uh, they're they're going to need those guys who did not finish last year to be healthy. Guys like Tylen Wallace, uh, Spencer Sanders ended up with a, a hand issue that that uh, knocked him out at the end of the season. So they need those guys to be healthy and great. But if they are, then I think you're talking about a you know a team that potentially could even be better because of that defense, uh, a, an area that has often not been great for Oklahoma State, is looking really, really solid. I mean, they they got great production out of those guys. They're returning so many of them. Uh, I think there's a lot of of optimism about what that group could do on the defensive side, and then you add it in uh, to what they bring back on offense. And, yeah, I mean, I think there's a a lot of really positive things uh, you know, as you look at Oklahoma State football right now. Jenny, you've been around this program for a long time, and, and you remember that 2011 season, I'm sure, as well as anybody. Uh, and I was I was working in the state at the time, and I just think back to that Friday night uh, against Iowa State and that loss, and who knows if they would have won a national championship had they won that game and been in the BCS title game. When you think back to just that Friday night, now that we're talking about it, what do you what do you think about? What comes to mind? 
Well, I mean, just uh, an opportunity lost. I mean, mm-hmm. for programs that are not your your blue bloods, that aren't, you know, your Alabamas, your Oklahomas, uh, USC, Michigan, what, Ohio State, whatever programs you want to throw out there, you know, long-term successful type of programs, you don't often have the chance to, you know, play for a national championship. So the idea that they were really, you know, they hadn't beaten Oklahoma at that point uh, when they lost to Iowa State. That game was still to come, so they still had a big hurdle out there. But, you know, if you if you beat Iowa State and then we saw what they, they did against Oklahoma, which was annihilate them pretty good, you know, then you're, you're right there. And, you know, again, I don't know if they would have been able to win in that BCS championship game, but it's infinitely interesting because – they had an offense at that point that was not widespread. We had not seen the uh, Mike Leach, Dana Holgerson effect of the air raid really take hold around college football. Those were the days when nine to six was normal in the SEC. Now the SEC has changed, and those defenses see that type of offense a lot more. But back then they they didn't. They didn't see you know 40, 50 passes a, a game. So it would have just been fascinating to see that Oklahoma State team against one of those great SEC defenses, which, you know, at that time it was LSU, Alabama, and they did have great defenses. But uh, I don't know what would have happened, but, man, that would have been fun to see. Jenny Carlson, the Oklahoma. Uh, Jenny, in Norman, first time that we're seeing Lincoln Riley work in his own quarterback at a high school, likely to be Spencer Rattler, not confirmed, but he's expected yeah. to be the favorite after redshirting last season. What are expectations? I mean, no one thinks the offense is going to fall off a cliff or anything like that, but – how much confidence is there in in Lincoln Riley because he's always had that transfer guy right so how does this change the equation if at all for OU yeah you know I think obviously that Oklahoma got into a little bit of a thing where it was getting transfers which they worked out great but you know you can't I don't think you can live with that forever the idea that one is just going to fall in your lap every January so they needed to they needed to sort of get back on the development train of high school guys and they think they've got a really good one in Spencer Rattler. You know, the thing about um the thing about the the guys that came in, even though we only saw Kyler Murray start for one year, even though we only saw Jalen Hurts start for one year, both uh both Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, this doesn't fit with Jalen Hurts, but those other two guys were in the program for quite a while. So, you know, Lincoln Riley got to be with those guys, he got to develop those guys. Hertz was was a quicker turn. They really had to, to sort of get comfortable quicker, and, and they did a decent job, I think, in that regard. But he has been developing those guys, even though they were transfers. So I think that he, you know, has, he can do that because he has done that. And I think he, he will do it uh, with Spencer Rattler. I think he will be the guy. Um, I, I'm like you. I think it's unofficial only <laughs> in, uh, in a, a pronouncement at this point. So I, I think we'll see. I think we'll see a pretty good uh, development there out of him. And then, you know, I, I guess that they're probably in the in the business of getting more transfers in, in coming years just because they've had such great luck with that. So don't be surprised if you see more of those guys coming in. But at the same time, I think it's also important that they continue to have, uh, you know, a good uh, high school quarterback coming in, uh, you know, to the program so they can, like I said, sort of get off that we got to have a transfer train every every January. I can't think that's real comfortable for Lincoln Riley year after year. No doubt about it. Uh, Jenny, last thing for you. We'll go outside of the state for a second here. It seems like OU, Oklahoma State, the teams that obviously a lot of people think are going to be at the top of the food chain in the conference this fall when we get there, and hopefully we do get there. 
How much pressure do you think is on Tom Herman to to have a real bounce back year after firing both his coordinators following a disappointing season? Yeah, I would say a lot. You know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, Charlie Strong got fired for essentially underperforming for what three years. And, and I think when, I think when you fire your coordinators and you bring back, you know, some really important pieces, Sam Ellinger, obviously at the top of that list, but, you know, I think they're, I think that's a sign that they got to start trending in a really positive direction and pretty quickly. I, you know, I think that there is uh, more competition at the top of the big 12, you know, when you're talking about, uh, whether you've seen Baylor's resurgence or Oklahoma State with all these guys coming back, uh, Iowa State, you know, continuing to kind of push up there, uh, K-State showing that, you know, Chris Kleiman's going to continue some things there with, uh, you know, Bill Snyder's uh, retirement. So, you know, I think there's there's competition, but Texas needs to be Texas again. And then, frankly, I don't think that people are going to be real happy if they just kind of continue to muddle around in mediocrity. So it'll be interesting to see. And, and his offensive coordinator being Mike, you're such a guy who was at Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. It's going to, that's going to add some more intrigue to the whole thing because now, you know, you've got the ongoing uh, OU Texas thing, but now you sort of got that OSU thing as well. So uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating. Again, one of those things that, like you said, Pete, hope we get there. Hope we get to see it. I hope so as well. She's Jenny Carlson. All we can do right now is hope and cross our fingers. Jenny, thanks so much for joining us for a few minutes. Continue to uh, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. She's Jenny Carlson of the Oklahoman. Great to have her on, as always. Uh, Really good insight, and always appreciate her time here. I'm Pete Mundo, and please do, guys, take a second out, leave a rating, review, subscribe, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want a free Heartland College Sports koozie, all you got to do is leave me a screenshot. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we'll get the koozie in the mail for you guys as a little thank you from us. Would really appreciate that. We'll talk to you soon.